If you're listening to this podcast, it means you're ready, no, more than ready, to have a major breakthrough in your restaurant. You're hungry for change and you're hungry for growth. That's why you're feeding your mind right now with all of this valuable information. But to drive those changes, you need to be really smart about what you're doing and to make the right choices before you take action. You need help from someone who's been there, someone to coach you through it, even just someone to help you look at your restaurant differently. That's what restaurant coaching is designed to do. Working with a professional coach will grow your business exponentially. Donald Burns, the restaurant coach, is offering a free one-on-one business strategy session for listeners of this podcast. That's right, a one-on-one session with the restaurant coach himself, a $500 value. It's completely free, no strings attached. Just go to therestaurantcoach.com to book your session today. Loading in three, two, one. Welcome to the Restaurant Coach Podcast. It's the cure for the common restaurant, expert interviews, tools, and tips to get you the restaurant you know it can be. Now, here is your host, Donald Burns, the Restaurant Coach. And welcome to the Restaurant Coach Podcast. It is the cure for the common restaurant. So a couple announcements for upcoming events. If you ever set a New Year's resolution and goal only to drop them by February, hey, listen, you're not alone. Did you know that only 8% of people actually finish their New Year's resolutions? That is crazy. How would you like to make sure that you are in the 8% club this new year? You can join me for a free New Year New Restaurant Planning Workshop happening Friday, January 6th, starting at 9 a.m. It's scheduled for three hours, and I'm sure, just knowing me, I'll probably go over because getting a plan together is half the battle. The other half is having the tools to implement it, and I'm going to give you both. Just click on the link in the show notes and sign up today. It's totally free, all online. Now, If live training workshops are more your thing, then join me in Scottsdale, Arizona for my next two-day restaurant owner boot camp where I'm going to show you the eight driving forces of restaurant success. You can head over to restaurantownerbootcamp.com to get the agenda and save your seat. It does fill up fast. I keep it very intimate. Only 12 people every time I do a boot camp and they always sell out pretty quick. So head over to restaurantownerbootcamp.com dot com and get your ticket the next boot camp by the way will be january 30 and 31st okay enough of my marketing let's talk about your menu your menu is your number one marketing and profitability tool yet so many people just throw their menu together and wonder why it's not the cash cow that it's supposed to be well maybe just maybe maybe your menu is too aggressive for your market So if you have your menu available, if you're not driving, please don't do this if you're driving, take out your menu and take a look at it. Take it all in. You know, how do you feel about your menu? Are you happy with it? Are your guests happy with it? You see, menu creation is easy. Anyone can pick out some items, put them on a menu, and try to sell them. The true art comes when you try to make a profit from that. Sometimes that is not as easy as some believe it is. The answers are in the questions that you ask yourself about your menu. If you want better results, ask yourself better questions. The truth is liberating. However, at first, well, you're going to be more pissed off. It's okay. Emotions get people motivated. You need to trust the process. So let's get a little uncomfortable. 
I'm going to ask you some questions that you need to ask yourself while you have your menu out in front of you. First thing off, does your menu match your brand? Now, this might seem like a real simple question on the surface. So you say you're a modern Southwest grill concept, yet your menu is mostly pasta dishes with only two grill items. Are you really a grill? Your sign says you're a Mexican restaurant, yet your menu offers pizza. No, I'm not talking about, you know, pizzas inspired with roasted poblanos and chorizo, just the plain Jane pepperoni and cheese. Are you confused? Well, so are your guests. The best exercise that you can do is really ask your staff. Now, they interact with your guests every day, and they are a great source of information. Now, you want to get a wide range of staff to ask, and don't just gravitate to that person on your team who always tends to agree with you. You want honest feedback, not validation. Another thing you have to do is you got to make sure you have the right tools. Is your restaurant designed and equipped for the menu? It's quite shocking to see a number of restaurants, especially restaurants in that new opening phase that purchased equipment without ever developing a menu. This is one of my huge red flags <laughs> that I always see is like people call me about consulting and I say, tell me where you're at in the process. Oh, we've got the building. We've got the, we got the restaurant almost built out. We got the equipment set up. I'll ask him, do you have your menu yet? And they say, no, we don't have a menu yet. That's why we're calling you. I'm like, oh my God, you want to talk about putting the cart before the horse? That is definitely doing that. You want to definitely make sure you have your menu first. Your menu has to work with the equipment and the space you have. If you don't have adequate storage, it's going to be very hard to be a fast casual concept that focuses on freshness, especially with a large menu or limited space for prep and storing. Your team's going to do their best, but trust me, eventually you're going to notice that your turnover rate starts creeping up on you. And the other thing you want to start thinking about is your cooking line designed with flow in mind, with workflow in mind. This is an element many owners never, ever consider. Okay, You need to track the flow of every item on your menu from start to finish. How many stations does it jump through to get completed? How many people on the line have to add a component to a finished dish? The more hands, the more possible problems. Another thing you have to think about with your menu is the wording. Are you talking to your guest or are you talking down to your guest? Many foolish chefs have uttered these words. Well, the guest just doesn't get it. Exactly. You hit the nail on the head and you won a prize for discovering the obvious, you know. If your guests don't get it, hashtag write this down, if your guests don't get it, they won't buy it. This is where ego and foolish pride trip up a lot of owners. It's easy to say that you want to be true to your brand. No problem. But keep in mind, brands change. Guest taste change. Markets change. Many restaurants have closed their doors because of these shifts and also because the owner could or would not adapt to changing markets. And now I appreciate and understand that you have a vision for what your restaurant is. Your guests have a vision for what your restaurant should be too. And more importantly, they also will tell you what they spend their money on. 
your restaurant has to be somewhere in the middle is where you need to be. Another thing you want to think about when you're looking at your menu is, I kind of call this uh, the story of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It's a great story because it's a reminder about the size of your menu. How many items are too much? How small can you go? Now, these are kind of complex questions that go hand in hand with additional questions that I asked you earlier. What's your style of service? Are you fast casual? Are you full service? If you want to be fast casual, then remember the word fast is in the name. Now, the fast casual concept is very, very popular, yet too many new restaurants jump on the trend without really thinking about the size of their menu. There are some that have even attempted to put a full-size menu in a very small, fast, casual space. Not the best idea. In fact, horrible, horrible idea. I dealt with a a client uh, about a year and a half ago that was doing the exact same thing. And it came down to that they eventually had to close the restaurant because they just thought would not compromise. And I kept saying, you're trying to put a full-service menu in a fast casual space and on a fast casual line, it does not work. They would not, they thought I was wrong, but eventually they ended up closing. So what do you look at? You know, you have to look at, you know, what's, what equipment is on your line? Do you have enough prep area? Do you have enough storage space? Do you not have enough firepower on your line? Do you not have enough flat tops? Do you have enough stoves? Do you have enough saute pans, saute burners. Okay. Your menu might be too much for the setup you have. One of the things I like to look at is what's your average ticket time. Slow ticket times are an indication that you got a few issues. The line flow might not be thoroughly set up or worked out and this kind of results in a bottleneck occurring on the line. It could be maybe that you know, one of the stations has way too many items coming off it, or there's too many steps in the dish, and those things ultimately delay service. The team members themselves could be maybe the issue too if you have somebody who has low skill sets, poor training, or lack of leadership. One of the things you want to think about is what's the skill level of your of your staff of your team? Do you have an experienced staff, or do you have more first time employees? Your menu can only go as fast as the team can keep up. And one of the things I preach all the time is that the data tells the truth. Your point of sales report, you know, in your point of sales system holds a wealth of data. Now this data has to be extracted and analyzed and then acted upon. When you do those three things, you can be very, very profitable and you need to trust the process. Just like the pilot who's trained to fly by instruments, we call it, you know, visual. There's two different types of flight. If you don't know a lot about flying, there's VFR, which is visual flight reference. And then there's IFR, instrument flight reference. Okay. You've got to be able to fly by instruments and not rely on what's on your eyes. A lot of times we look at things in the window and we start developing these biases about what's popular and what's not popular. Many restaurants have closed their doors because the owners fail to ignore 
the warning signs from product mix reports. Your product mix report tells you exactly what your guests are spending their money on. What you want to do is you want to listen to what it says and create menu items that are more in line with those popular items. Stop trying to outthink. Stop trying to overthink the dynamics of your menu. The evidence is right there in front of you on your point of sales reports. They call it a P-mix report or product mix report. Drop the ego and pay attention. Your menu should be like that kind of tagline, that kind of line in that old Commodore song, easy like Sunday morning. If you struggle every day to manage prep, orders, ticket times, it's, really, it's, it's time to really ask yourself some serious questions. Is your menu too aggressive for your market? If your answer is yes, then you need to make some changes. You need to make some changes right now. Which also leads me to another huge thing that a lot of people have problems with is pricing their menus. Menu pricing should be, on the surface, should be straightforward. Yeah, it's rarely that simple. There are many elements that you need to look at to keep in mind when you're pricing out your menu. What I want to do right now is I want to explore a few of the dynamics about pricing menus. The first thing is, is real food cost. Too many operators live in the land of theory. They think that you know, purchases divided by sales tells you your food cost. It only gives you one side of the equation. The problem is, is that process does not give you the performance metrics to measure what's really happening under the surface of your menu. This is where we talk about theoretical versus actual. And it is the biggest game changer in the restaurant industry for profitability if you totally understand this. Theoretical food cost is perfect world food cost. This is where you take everything on your menu, you cost it out down to the penny, and it tells you what the theoretical or perfect world, if you did not make any mistakes, this is what your menu, your food cost should be on your menu. That's theoretical. It's perfect world. But we all know the world is not perfect. So what do we do? We have to understand our actual cost. And this is how most restaurant owners actually calculate their food cost. They will take their actual food cost, they will take their all their invoices, divide it by their sales, and say that's their food cost. That's actual food cost. Here's the problem. There is usually a big gap or variance between your theoretical food cost and your actual food cost. I will have someone every month call me up and say, hey, Donald, uh, my food cost is 30%. Is that good? And I'll say, I don't know. And I'll say, what do you mean you don't know? And I'll say, well, what's your theoretical food cost? And they say, I don't know. I say, that's the problem. If your theoretical food cost is 28%, then your 30% food cost is actually pretty good. Now, if your theoretical food cost is 20%, then your 30% food cost needs some work. The average restaurant in the United States has a gap between theoretical and actual food costs of 9%. That is a crime. And restaurants that struggle with profitability, I'm telling you, if you just understood the gap between your theoretical and actual food cost, you could easily find 5% right there. Just by measuring the gap, managing the gap, and creating an action plan to close that gap down. Now, are you ever going to hit theoretical? It's usually very, very hard. But you can usually get within 2% of theoretical food cost. That is where your profits are hiding. Knowing your food cost is not a luxury. It is a requirement 
if you want to have a chance at making money in this industry that is notorious for thin margins, average restaurant does 5%. Okay. To do this the right way, you're going to need a couple things. Number one, you're going to need a food cost program. Now, it could be as easy as a spreadsheet. You could use a, a software system. Some of the ones I recommend out there, there's Get Filet, there's Get Me's. There's Extra Chef by Toast. There's, uh, there's all kinds of them. There's Margins Edge. There's, uh, oh, what's the other one? There's Market Man. There's a, ton, there's a ton of them on the market. Here's the thing I will also warn you about food cost programs. They are all a pain in the ass to set up, okay? There's not a food costing program out there that's super, super easy. Now, of course, the salesperson selling it to, selling it to you will tell you it's super easy, but they all require a little bit of headache, heartache, and some some really like you gotta dig down and do the work to get them set. But once you get them set up, they're like they're sweet, and they will make your life so much easier. It's kind of like the old joke: How many diets does it take to lose weight? One, the one you stick with. Well, for food costing programs, how many food costing programs does it take to understand your theoretical food cost? One. The one you decide to get on and stick with and say, this is the one we're using. Because your team will try out the program. It's going to be hard, hard for them. It's going to be complicated because they're never easy. They're going to say, oh, you know, I found this other one that seems to be easier. We should try that. And then you, all right, you give in and you get this other second food costing program. And, of course, it goes through the same thing. They're hard. And then they come back to you, oh, you know, uh, that one's hard too, but oh, I found this other one that's supposed to be super easy to use. So then you switch again. I've seen restaurants change food costing programs four or five times. It is stupid and crazy, right? Pick a food costing program and then use it because you gotta know your cost. That's ground zero. You have to know the cost of everything on your menu down to the penny. It's not open for debate. If you wanna be a highly profitable restaurant in today's economy, you have to know your food cost. It is a non-negotiable. Because that leads us to another huge problem most people make. It's called the, it's called the commodity pricing model. Another major mistake restaurants make is they they price their menu based on the competition i love this question i'll ask someone <clears throat> wow the enchilada plate it seems like a pretty good deal how'd you come up with the pricing for the enchilada plate oh that's what the place down the street sells it for and then my follow-up question is always like well how do you know they're making money <gasps> you don't okay perhaps the restaurant's always packed do you know a lot of restaurants that are packed and just barely, barely squeaking by on profits? Yes, I can name quite a few restaurants like that. Busy and sales is a vanity metrics. Remember, hashtag write this down. It's not how much you make, it's how much you keep. The goal is to increase profitability. Would you rather have a $3 million restaurant doing 2% gross profit or would you rather have a $1 million restaurant doing 20% gross profit? I don't know about you, but I'll take that 20% restaurant every single day. All right. 
you gotta make sure that you're not getting stuck in the commodity pricing trap. And how do you do that? Well, if you can provide better service and better product, why price your menu to compete? Creating value is always more important than price. Many people get that wrong. They think that value is purely price-driven, and it's not. Value is when you create something that is intangible and add that perception to the offer. Stellar service, outstanding facilities, professional-looking staff, professionally trained staff, the the presentation of the food are all part of the dining experience. If you compete with other restaurants on price alone, you are a commodity. Pricing on commodity is a never-ending battle of just lower prices. That's what we call the pricing wars. It's a game you can't win in the long run, especially if you're trying to go up against the big chains because the big chains have a huge advantage you don't have. They have called buying power. They get contracts with their food service vendors that you cannot even touch. And you're trying to price and try and compete with those big, huge chains is a losing battle. You will lose it every single time. Because in the commodity game, the only way to win is to come out cheaper. And then what happens is your competition does the same thing. You just keep lowering your your prices. You go back and forth until one of you goes out of business. You want to build value by embracing the spirit of hospitality. Another thing when I talk talk about people's menu is you always want to make sure your menu plays to your strengths. Your Your menu needs to be, basically, it needs to be a representation of what you do best. Think of your menu just like a just like a just like your greatest hits album. The Rolling Stones in their career, they recorded 439 songs. But you know, if you go to a Rolling Stones concert, do you want to hear all those B-side tracks, or do you want to hear the hits? Your menu needs to play your hits. Those are those items that will allow you to stand out from the crowd. That creates what's known as brand differential. Having items that separate you from the others on your menu allow you to price your menu differently. Being different is good. Think of Apple. You think they sell just computers and laptops and mobile devices like every other company in the world. No, they're a big difference that allows them to stand out and also creates their brand differential. They created a huge, huge market for being different. And they charge a premium for those products. I don't know about you, but I don't think I've ever seen a two-for-one iPhone sale ever. Another thing you want to consider when you're looking at your menus, you want to consider what will the market bear. You need to do some research and you need to conduct what's called a competitive price analysis. Gather menus from your market. And then what I do is I write down what the pricing is of similar items on the menu. Collect data from five to seven restaurants in your market with similar food items. Now, you're looking for a high point, you're looking for a low point, and then you're kind of, you want to kind of figure out the average. Right? You want to base your value on what you bring to the table and for what item you have. I'll give you a great example of how this works. And this is also a great example of market differential because of how different markets can affect your pricing. Let's take a hamburger in Albuquerque, New Mexico. 
right, I take a hamburger from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I drive it up to Santa Fe, which is only 45 miles away. I could charge two to three dollars more just because it's Santa Fe, because Santa Fe market will bear that. Think about the last time you were at the airport and you paid, you know, maybe six bucks for a bottle of water and eight bucks for a yogurt. You see, when you have a captive audience, you can charge what you desire to a point. You can't go too crazy. If you price gouge, and we know a lot what happened with a lot of these, uh, you know, uh, gas stations that did a lot of price gouging, you're, you're going to find out it's going to bite you in the ass really, really fast. So you can, you can do that to a point, but don't go too crazy. Another thing you want to consider when you're looking at your menu is your menu balance. The trick to a, to a, I would say, a winning menu in this kind of pricing game is to balance out your menu with high and low cost items. Okay. You can stack the deck in your favor by taking advantage of a, of a, a practice called menu engineering. And then also if you take advantage of what's known as modern consumer psychology. Menu placement is critical to getting that balance just right. I want you to think of your menu kind of like real estate. You gotta have nice parts of town, and then you have those places that you don't really want to go after midnight. Your menu is kind of the same. Finding the balance where to put stuff on your menu is not an overnight process. It takes time to dial in the menu and get the balance right. At the minimum, here's what you need. You're going to need to have accurate food costing. If you really want to do a menu engineering worksheet, need to have accurate food costing. <clears throat> That's like critical. You got to have a report from your POS system called a PMIX report. I usually recommend the minimum is three months. Ideal is six months. You don't want to do anything less than three months because it will give you kind of a false positive. It could just be a off month or a crazy month. And if you just do one month only, it would make your data really kind of askew. So I say three months minimum, six months is ideal. Three months minimum, six months ideal. And then once I have that, I plug it into a menu engineering worksheet. And then it helps me kind of understand the stratifications. Once I understand stratifications, stars, puzzles, dogs, workhorses, I can start recreating my menu to be a lot more profitable. Hugely profitable. I have done <clears throat> menu engineering work exercises with clients and there was one client recently, I made the person, in just a 45-minute call going over menu engineering, we added $154,000 back to his bottom line. It's huge. Really good menu engineering will easily add 3 to 5% back to your bottom line as far as profits. So if you find 5% in your food costing and then add another 5% in menu engineering, you're already up to 10% already. Now take where your profits are right now, and that could be some really nice profitability for you and for your restaurant. Okay, A new menu design by itself, if you roll a fresh new menu design, it's going to stimulate sales 4 to 5%, but a well-engineered menu will definitely increase your profits. Sales without understanding your cost is a recipe for failure in the restaurant industry. The cold hard truth is that there's not really one size fits all for menu pricing. You need to have someone who understands it and that can work with you because they need to take, take into account your brand, 
your marketing conditions, your overhead, your staff, and most importantly, your guest. In the end, it's your guest that give you feedback if your menu pricing is where they want to spend your money. You got to listen to them. Thanks for listening to the Restaurant Coach Podcast with Donald Burns. Tune in next time as we serve up more ways to maximize your potential. Visit our website at www.therestaurantcoach.com or download episodes at iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify.